0: What kind of impact are you making for the church? Pastor Xavier Reese has the simple truth. A lot of Christians are like wheelbarrows,
1: not good unless pushed. Some are like canoes, they need to be paddled. Some are like kites, if you don't keep a string on them, they fly away. Some are like trailers, they have to be pulled. And then there are those who always seek to let the Holy Spirit lead them. Which one are you?
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. This is how the preacher Solomon summed up his thoughts in the book of Ecclesiastes. And despite being revered as the wisest man to ever live, it wasn't until after indulging in various pursuits filled with emptiness that he realized. Wisdom comes from seeing life from the divine perspective. So if your walk with Christ seems to have veered off the narrow path, Pastor Xavier shares some simple truths of how to get back on solid ground. Let's listen.
1: The message is entitled, How Do You View Life? Our text is Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1 through 11. The preacher and teacher Solomon is going to instruct us on the danger of living apart from God, that leads to experience only on the mere level of existence that ends up in emptiness. Let me read verse 1 through 11. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit has a man from all his labor and whence he toils under the sun? One generation passes away, and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises, and the sun goes down, and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes towards the south and turns around to the north, and the wind whirls about continuously, and comes again into its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, there they return again. All things are full of labor, man cannot express it, the eye is not satisfied seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be, and that which is done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of the former things, nor will there be any remembrance of the things that are to come by those who will come after. The view of futility of life is declared to us by the proclamation of Solomon. Now Solomon was given wisdom to reign by God. As he appeared to him in Gibeah for the first time in 1 Kings 3. Remember, Solomon said, You know, God says, Ask what you will. And he says, Well, you know, I'm, I'm like a child. I don't know how to go in and out and how to lead your great people, and I need wisdom. And God says, Well, because you've asked wisdom and you haven't asked for riches and for popularity and fame and all that, I'm going to give you everything. And so, again, Solomon saw himself small, insignificant before the eyes of God at the beginning. But that's not hard to do for any of us at the beginning. Often in the scripture it says, and, and, and he was victorious until he was strong in himself and did not depend upon the Lord. There's the danger. Notice, secondly, in verse 2, that we have his perception. Solomon declares that all is vanity. Solomon's perception is the expression of life lived out through the eyes of a person without God. All is vanity. The word vanity means vapor or breath. It speaks of the brevity, the shortness of time, or the thing being spoken about. The noun form appears 71 times in the Old Testament, over half in this book. And the word appears in every chapter except for one, chapter 10. A key word to the book and to the Old Testament. Solomon as the preacher or teacher is revealing his own foolishness of having lived his life apart from God and the unsatisfying experience it brings regardless of what one experiences. Now, some have declared that Solomon is pessimistic, cynical, and even contradicting in the book of Ecclesiastes. But the perspective from which he is writing is one of hindsight, of having lived a life apart from God and the reality of the way every man and every woman will view life without God. This is the key to understanding Ecclesiastes. Now, secondly... The proclamation of the preachers illustrated verse 3 through 8. Notice first in verse 4, he first illustrates it through the observation of time. One generation is replaced by another. Yet, the earth remained relatively the same and still present. He's getting older, but the earth seems to be staying the same. Every day the sun rises without exception. Every day the moon, the sun goes down without exception. Every day it does what it's supposed to. It goes through the cycle, literally eagerly and, or panting, the word there, to hasten. He moves on to the wind cycle. In verse 6, the wind goes towards the south. The wind goes and turns around to the north. The wind twirls around continuously, repeatedly from day to day, from year to year. And he's looking at nature. He says, well, what's the sense? What's the use? All this same stuff over and over and over again. And from there, he moves to the hydrological cycle. In verse 7, he says, the rivers all run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Good observation. You ever think about it? He says the rivers return to the place where they come from, the sea. Another observation. You have evaporation from the sea by the sun beating down on the water of the oceans. Evaporation going up, transportation by the wind through the clouds, and it's driven to the, towards the lands. And then you have precipitation that is caused by the altitude and the moisture. And then you have weathering that causes to come down, the downpour, to cause erosion. And then you have transportation by the rainfall that goes all the way down to the ocean. And you have the hydrological cycle. How interesting. But he's looking for the perspective, ah, the stinking wind, the sun, and this whole thing. What's the sense? What's the use? What a waste of energy. Now, teenagers are like that with their room. Why why make my bed? I'm gonna mess it up tonight. Right. <laughs> Interesting. I have the Solomon complex. Notice thirdly, his illustration is through the observation. Of ongoing learning. First, learning is wearisome. In the discipline of learning, it's hard, isn't it? To apply ourselves, it's wearisome. You remember being a kid and your friends want to play over the line or whatever it is, and you know, and they say, Well, can Johnny come out and play? No, 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 he's gotta do his math. So you go to Johnny goes in. Okay, mom, I finished. You know, you're distracted. It's hard to discipline to be able to say, no, no, I've got to study. Because you're a kid. But isn't that how we are as adults later on in life for other things? Except we get to make the choice, right? Because we're adults. In the examination of what one learns, there's wearisome. In the knowledge and awareness one gains about life. You know, the more you learn, the more you can really worry about things. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? The old saying, what you don't know won't hurt you, it's kind of a partial truth, right? I mean, some of the people that enjoy life the most are people that have never learned anything, right? Now, there's, there's a drawback on that, so I'm not here to encourage you to be ignorant, but there's a partial truth here. As a matter of fact, Solomon in chapter 1, verse 18, he says, For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Learning is wearisome. But secondly, learning is ever-ending. Man cannot express it completely to its end. It is inexhaustive. Man is limited in what he knows best in relationship to what can be known in totality of that subject. Take whatever subject you want, whatever you feel you're the best in, uh, mechanics, uh, um, whatever. And, and how much do you know regarding all that can be known in that area or that field. Very little. And then take all that is known about that general field or topic and, and how much God knows about it in comparison or that will ever be known. Very little. But notice thoroughly, he says that learning is unsatisfying. Just like man, the eye that is not satisfied would seen. Then he wants to touch and possess. Once you see something, then you want to touch it. And if you like it, you want to take it home with you. Just like man, the ear is not satisfied with hearing, but he needs to voice his opinion with his mouth. (laughs) It's never-ending. It's ongoing. How do you view life? And how does it project to others in your life? Is it dull and hopeless? Or is a life an enjoyable? Listen to this poem. My life shall touch a dozen lives before this day is done, leave countless marks of good or ill, or sets the evening sun. This, the wish I always wish, the prayer I always pray, Lord, may my life help others' lives. It touches. By the way, what do we do for our fellow man? How do we affect life? Do we know that we affect community, the community of God's people, the community of God's redeemed? Do we realize that we affect the community of society at large? Our responsibility for our existence goes far beyond our own benefit, our own pleasure. We've lost sight of that. Because of our humanistic and existential philosophy that we've embraced in the world, we have caught up with the individual rather than the whole. We are more concerned about the individual right than the whole of society. We are more concerned with individual pleasure and individual opinion than the benefit of the whole. And for that reason, we have a messed up society. Why? Because we have messed up homes. Money and education is not going to better our society. Homes are. What we need is some parents to stay home and to have some uh, thinking caps on and to be examples and to fear God. And then you won't have children that will go to school and shoot people or spray paint or to be violent in terms of relationship to crime. Because there'll be consequences in the home. And if there's consequences in the home, you're going to have those children going to school, and then the authority will be respected in the school. But the reason it isn't, because it spirals from one step to another. We can't get away from it. Take note how Solomon viewed life as a mere monotony of one generation after another. People without significance or meaning when he did not walk with God, instead of seeing them as people to be reached for God, and as people being used by God. How do you see people? Do you see them as insignificant, without meaning, or do you see them as those who need to be saved and those who are being used to save people? It's a matter of perspective if we're walking with God or not, right? Take note also that the simple blessings that God has ordained for man, like the sun, the wind, the hydrological cycle, if viewed apart from a relationship with God, It can be viewed as senseless, boring, and a waste of energy that makes no good sense. You know, you've been through life, and you haven't been walking with God, or maybe lately it's turned around, and all of a sudden somebody comes, Oh, it's so great being a Christian. i was a Christian. I served God for 20 years. Look what it got me. Or do you communicate the blessings of God? All the difference in the world. Take note that education and learning does not bring about satisfaction in life, but in fact, often discontentment and emptiness, having no understanding of one's creator or his will. You try to be fulfilled through education. You try to be fulfilled through your intellect. You try to be fulfilled by your achievements. You will come up with one big zero, and when you do, it will be too late. Those years are lost. Now, am I saying that all or any of these things are evil in themselves? No, apart from God, they are wrong, and they do much damage because we use them for ourselves and our selfishness and for our own destruction. So the proclamation of the preacher was illustrated through the observation of time, nature, and learning. When one lives apart from God, he moves on to the proclamation of the preacher applied. Verses 9 through 11. Notice first, by the observation of his life experience, he applies it. The past things are done in the present, the beginning of verse 9. He says, that which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. So the past things are done in the present. The limited existence of man causes him to ignore all that has taken place in the past thinking that he is the first to come up with the idea. You ever remember growing up and and, and you started thinking about something and all of a sudden you went to the fair and you saw it there or somebody said it? Somebody already thought about it. (laughs) We think, we're you know, Einstein or something. You know what I mean? Somebody's thought about it before. The limited or lack of records of the past civilizations also causes man to be ignorant of many things known in the past. Simple case in point, Mummification. We're so smart, we can put a man on the moon. But we don't know about mummification. <laughs> How interesting. How'd they build the pyramids? It wasn't UFOs, okay, I guarantee you that. Okay. <laughs> Notice, secondly, the present thing will be, the present things will be done in the future. Also, verse 9, those are the future... And their limited existence will cause them to be ignorant of all that has taken place in the past, thinking that they are the first one to come up with it. So in other words, the same thing except in the future. Why? Because you're still dealing with man. The next generation is not going to be any different than this generation. Do do you think so? Uh Uh-uh. Not at all. Those of the future and their limited records of past civilization will also cause them to be ignorant of many things known in the past regarding their field of study or whatever it may be. Just like this one. You see, the depravity of man in the future will cause him to suppress information of the past, just as in this generation. Knowledge, discoveries, in order to take what? Credit for himself. Why? Because man is very predictable in his nature. Very predictable. And so, he says, there is nothing new in man's experience. Nothing new in man's experience. Let me just mention some things, okay? The task of building nothing new. Solomon was a great builder, but people have been building from the beginning of times, right? The art of warfare, nothing new. The deceptiveness of man, nothing new. The seduction of a woman, nothing new. The living with a woman, nothing new. The Samaritan woman, way ahead of us, man who's living with her husband. The conquest of a nation, nothing new. The accumulation of wealth, nothing new. The admiration of man, to be worshipped as God, nothing new. And you can add to your list. There's nothing new. Man is very consistent and very predictable. And if you are living life apart from God, that's all you see. And you become very indifferent, very callous, very bitter, and very hopeless. Now, the statement in this verse does not deny the newness of inventions that better the existing method to better man's life, but simply point out the most gen- in the most general sense. The more things change, the more they stay the same. So, in other words, man has always had methods by which they travel: horses, buggies, chariots, right? Ships. So now we do it in planes and trains and automobiles. There's just a refinement, a redefinition, a reallocation. But basically, things are the same. The statements are of a man who finds no purpose in life due to his experience of life without having God's glory in mind, but only his own satisfaction and pleasure. Whoa. Watching life in black and white rather than living color. That's the difference, people, apart from God. And notice, secondly, the second application is by the affirmation. By personal investigation. Verse 10. The question to each of us is what he states here. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new. The conclusion of one's investigation is that all things have already been in ancient times. Life is a useless cycle of things that have no meaning, Solomon says. Life is mere repetition by each generation. Whoa, what a terrible view of life. Why? Because he's lived it apart from God. And notice third and last in verse 11. The application here is by the indifference of man, the man. He says, there is no remembrance of former things, there will be, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. Man is not remembered in the past accomplishments by those of the present. Very few. We know Edison, this and that. But, I mean, for the most part... They're gone. Out of sight, out of mind. We are the most important. (laughs) Now, man will not be remembered by the future generations for their accomplishments as those of the past. Why? Because man is predictable. Man is consistent. It'll be no different. Do you realize that carnal Christians sound much like Solomon and sometimes worse? What kind of Christian are you? Listen and make your choice, okay? Okay. A lot of Christians are like wheelbarrows, not good unless pushed. Some are like canoes, they need to be paddled. Some are like kites, if you don't keep a string on them, they fly away. Some are like football, you can't tell what way they will bounce next. Some are like balloons, full of wind and ready to blow up. Some are like trailers, they have to be pulled. Some are like lights, they keep going on and off. And then there are those who always seek to let the Holy Spirit lead them. Which one are you? Each of us can look to our world. And we can either see it through the eyes of God's plan and seek Him for the wisdom to live, Or we can see it as another day of the same old thing. The choice is ours. Rather than living life out through the eyes of God, say, Lord, I am so fortunate you saved me. Lord, help me to be an asset to your church. Use me. Help me to build people up and to have my eyes on you. Keep me from being sucked into the carnality of life in my own life and the life of others. Oh, what a difference the church would make in this world. The proclamation of the preacher was supplied by his experience, investigation, and recognition of man's indifference to man. Apart from God, that's the only thing you can see. And so, the preacher and teacher Solomon has instructed us on the danger of living life out of as a mere empty existence and futility in these three ways. Don't forget them. The proclamation of the preacher was stated, all of life is vanity when lived apart from God. Secondly, the proclamation of the preacher was illustrated through the observation of time, nature, and learning when one lives apart from God. Thirdly, the proclamation of the preacher was applied by his life experience, investigation, and recognition of man's indifference to man. Now the choice is ours, people. Are you a Solomon when he walked with God? Or are you a Solomon when he walked apart from God? You alone know. No one else needs to know. And then you need to do something about it if it's the one who's walking apart from God. How do you view life? Black and white or living color?
0: Pastor Xavier Reese pointing out how the options for achieving a fulfilled life boil down to walking with God or without Him. Today's study, drawn from a series of Solomon's writings in the book of Ecclesiastes, is titled How Do You View Life? and is available on CD for just $4. By the way, everything we shared last time will be included as well, so it makes a convenient way to study the message more in depth at your own pace. Now the title to ask for once more is How Do You View Life? or simply mention today's date. Request your copy by writing Simple Truths. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us monitor the effectiveness of our broadcast ministry. When it comes to the pursuit of happiness, Scripture says, Happy are the people whose joy is the Lord. Seek the simple truth next time, right here with Pastor Xavier Reese.